0: Holy shit! Uh, It's uh, episode 19 with Dash and Baby. What's going on?
1: What's going on, people? We fucked up the intro. Oh, I fucked up the intro there because we did a test right before we went live, and then looks like it stopped Mm -hmm. on the test.
0: (laughs) It's what you get for testing shit. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, episode uh, 19. We're we're winging it today. No prior plans of what to talk about, but... You know, we both got shit that uh, we've been playing, and, and we can talk about. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, like for example, I you know I've been on I've been on PS2 a bit lately because I was talking about Final Fantasy X two, um, which if anyone was curious about what happened with Final Fantasy X two, uh, so how that playthrough ended up was I took it out of my PS2, put it back in the case, and I threw the case in the fucking garbage. Can. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't take it anymore. Wait, wait, you threw um, the case in the garbage? The whole thing. The whole game. Yeah, it's, it's, it went into the garbage can, Damn. uh, cause I hated it, but, um, cause like even though it had a, co- I, I think I said last time that I had like a couple beams of brilliance here and there, like, like, like this system is interesting or this part of it is fun, but there's just a whole bunch of like, like nearly unbearable cringe well then what kind of happened the rest of the time was that it all just kind of flattened out into just absolutely just boring bullshit where it was the same thing for a long time and then i did like four side quests in a row that just entailed me running back and forth a bunch of times talking to people uh and i you know so when it became like Terribly cringy and boring, and like there was just nothing happening in the plot anymore. W- like, I, I, there was no bad guy in this game. They, there's some threat of some cannon that's gonna destroy the world or something, <laughs> you know? And it's like, it, there, uh, the, it sounds there like we're talking no- about
1: a game called. Final Fantasy. Does that sound familiar?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but like in the old games or in a lot of the other games, you know who the fucking bad guy is, True. right? True. Um, like, oh my god, like, yeah, like in seven. Man, you know right away, Shinra's the bad guy. Here's what they're doing wrong. Here's what we're going to do to stop it. And while we're trying to stop it, there's these whispers of this fucking badass dude named Sephiroth. That's fucking shit up. And I'm sorry if I'm particularly vulgar today. I'm a little fired
1: up. Oh, I appreciate it.
0: uh, But like... They, you know, and, and and it it just does such a good job of like here's the bad guy, right? And it even changes. The bad guy is one thing, and then it turns into another thing, and the transition is graceful and beautiful, and it's it's great the whole time. In Final Fantasy X, here's what happened: I threw the game in the garbage, and then I'm on Twitch, and and someone says, "Hey, you know, you you're like." at the final dungeon. Like, you can literally just go to the final dungeon and beat the game (laughs) from where you're at. And I'm like, oh, I I, I don't even know that because nothing is going on in the game. It does not feel like we're in the third act of a video game right now where we're about to go beat the bad guy because nothing's happening. So, so, I took the game back out of the garbage, put it back in the PS2, I beat the game, nothing changed, I did not care for the ending, you know, well, the, the last boss was kind of fun, uh, you know, because the battle system is the game's strong suit, uh, and then, so I did end up beating it, and then and, and, and back in the garbage it
1: well, went. Uh, but- <laughs> okay, so I was going to ask, so when the person said, uh, you know, you're right at the end, was this pre or post first garbage uh, incident? <laughs>
0: This was when it was in the garbage already. Okay. And I got I went and I was like, we fuck it, we're playing Nocturne. Uh so I grabbed Nocturne and I was hyping it up like, Well, we're gonna play <laughs> Nocturne, it's gonna be great. Uh and then and then plan shifted over to, okay, I guess I'll beat 10 to if I'm that close. So have that you started I Nocturne least- yet? play nocturne with a clear mind so i did yes enough final fantasy X too. it was terrible i hated it <laughs> um but then so so then like the next day right uh started nocturne and it's amazing it's so good holy shit Nocturne is sort of, like, unbelievably good, and I think it's a really good time to talk about it because the HD version just came out. Oh. So if people are interested in playing it, um, you know, it's been a PS2 game forever, right? But now, you can get it on Switch, you can get it on Steam, uh, I don't know if it's on any other systems, but there is an a- it is in HD and it's out. Um if you want to play it that way, you know, I'm playing the PS2 version cause I'm a hipster. This is Shin Megami and, Tensei uh,
1: three, right?
0: Correct. Shin okay. Megami Tensei three. Uh, it's, Oh man, it's such a leap because the first two games were on super Famicom. Uh, and so this is a jump over an entire generation all the way to PS2 and So, so technologically, it's just a hugely different feeling and looking game. Wait
1: a minute, I'm saying, sorry. Can you say that again? You said you said Famicom to PS2. That was the jump.
0: Super Famicom to PS2. Okay,
1: well, still, still though,
0: still two generations. Right, because the PS One generation, we got like we got the first two Persona games, but we didn't get a main Shin Megami Tensei game, right? Right. Uh, so yeah, so they skipped a generation, um, and yeah. So uh, so now it's... the One of the hugest changes that you see is that the... So the old games were first-person dungeon crawlers that were very grid-based, you know? Where, like, you're in first-person, and you ca- you can move forward, you can turn 90 degrees, you can flip around, do that kind of stuff, right? And you know um, what?
1: For the time, the sprites of the enemies in that style of combat, like... R- I, I I never saw the game before. I saw pictures of it, and even though it's real rudimentary-looking... Dungeon crawlery style, like tabletop RPG almost. The sprites of the enemies in that game are creative and, and beautiful. Like, they're, they're awesome. Yeah.
0: Gorgeous games. But now Nocturne is third person, Hmm. and you're not, like, confined to that grid movement now. It's just like, you know, you're running around a dungeon. It still feels very SMT-ish with the dungeon designs, where it's a lot of, you know, running around, here's a dead end, here's, you know, a room with a chest in it, you know, and that kind of stuff. Um, But I I would say so far, I'm not very far in it, but the dungeons are definitely a lot less... Meandering though, because one thing that's very noticeable about old SMT is that they get their mileage out of the disc space. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is all of the dungeons are rectangles. That are an even number, you know, like like it's 8x8 eight eight or it's 16x16 16 16 or it's 16x32 or something, right? Okay. And they use every single square of it, meaning there's a ton of empty rooms and dead ends and shit because every single square of that map has to be filled.
1: You know uh, what? It, it makes it feel more real. <laughs>
0: Well, and if you're drawing a map, you know, it It makes drawing a map on grid paper, like it look. it makes a lot of sense, you know, yeah. and when you, or if you just look at the game's built in auto map, you know, it, it makes sense visually. Oh, it has an but, auto map. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. But now on PS2 though, they don't feel like that. Like each hallway has more of a purpose, you know? Um, there's, there's less rooms that are just empty, uh, and that kind of thing. So, yeah, so it it definitely feels a lot more streamlined in that way. Um, and then the battles are super, super fun. Like this one's got a, a, a few more surprises so far. So one thing that's interesting is that in the old SMTs, Your main character doesn't have MP and doesn't get magic, but he still has an intelligence stat, and raising your intelligence stat increases your ability to negotiate with demons a little bit better, and that's not a thing in this one. Both things. Like, it's all opposite. in In this one, you do have MP, and you do gain magic skills, but you don't have an intelligence stat. You have a magic stat uh but not an intelligence so i'm a little i'm not quite sure how to like increase my demon negotiation skills if that's even a thing in this one it's almost like a
1: faux uh a faux uh damn it of course the the name would leave me as soon as i remember it the uh the stat you'd have in like the elder scrolls games um Charisma, charisma, yeah. Not, I was thinking something else with a C, but no, no, charisma seems like a it's like a faux going in with the intelligence in that game or something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, so in this one, I'm kind of wondering if maybe negotiation is less stat based in general, and maybe is just more about like talking to the like getting the demons to like you and that kind of thing, uh, through your negotiation. Um, so yeah, it's uh. It is really fun. Like the um it the the way that the demons talk is great. You know, it's still got it's still got the whole thing where, you know, they'll ask you for five different things and then and then just be like, alright, see ya, you know, and leave and stuff like that. But totally new mechanic I've found. There are certain types of enemies that you can't talk to. Uh this is normal for the series. Like like a slime, right? You try to talk to them and they just don't really speak English. They're just like, you know, and, then and, <laughs> and it says, oh, you, you can't understand them. However, I, st- I was kicking one's ass and enemies will actually like come up to you and, and, and plead with you in this one to say like, ah, don't kill me. You want $40? Don't kill me. You know? And you can be like, yeah, fork it over you know or you can say no sometimes they ask to join your party so you don't even have to negotiate with them you just kick their ass and then they and then and then they voluntarily join your party um Oh, by the way, if you're not familiar with Shin Megami Tensei, so a big part of these games is that the enemies that you fight are demons, and you can negotiate with them, and form pacts with them, when, and then they join your party, and you can use them in battle like Pokemon, kind of. Oh, but Jesus. You have,
1: okay, that's crazy. I didn't even think about that.
0: <laughs> I was uh, like, why are we but, talking
1: about that? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how it works. You, you, so in this one, it's you and you've got three demons in your party at once. Uh... And so yeah, it's it's just, you know, it's it's just a such a a cool game where you are dungeon crawling, but uh but the demons that you're fighting, you can either, you know, you can fight them or you can talk to them and uh, and the negotiations are just fun and silly sometimes. Um
1: now you that, know, and, uh, I was going to say now that you've told me about how you just go in league with demons in order to get through a game, that actually reminds me of well, that reminds me, but that, <clears throat> that explains a lot about how or why Persona exists. Because isn't that just kind of like a zoomed in to the universe kind of drama of people interacting with demons?
0: No, Persona is a spin-off where instead of demons, there are shadows. Huh. And shadows are like the manifestation of people's grief.
1: Oh, the ghosts. Kind of.
0: Uh yeah. And uh and and instead of demons well it, it, and then and then so so shadows are more like blobby things that uh <laughs> that, you know, have masks and stuff. But um but what in Shin Megami Tensei are demons. And th- so the demons that you fight in SMT are like, they all have names and and kind of personalities and stuff uh, and, and unique artwork where as you go between the games, you'll recognize the same demons. Like, oh, there's, you know, Pixie and she's always like a, a little fairy dressed in blue, you know? Or there's Mara, the big uh, penis chariot or uh or you know there's trumpeter right the big angel thing skull thing with the trumpet right Mm -hmm. Uh, so those in persona instead of demons those are all personas okay and you kind of get them a different way and it's sort of all unrelated uh yeah so this is
1: like how is it comparing i guess like have you played the ps2 version alongside this hd remaster
0: No, I don't really know anything about the HD version yet.
1: Okay. Oh, I thought you meant... you. I don't know why I thought you were playing it on a PS4 or PS5. Yeah. So you're just playing the original uh, PS2 stuff.
0: Yeah, just keeping it PS2. Um, Big reason for it is because, like, the thing is this game's been out for a long time. I bought it 10 years ago, you know, and it wasn't new when I bought it. Uh, Because it's a PS2 game, right? But... You know, people have been playing it for all that time, and so if I ever like have a conversation with someone about Nocturne and they played it a long time ago, I wanna have played the same game as them, you know? And be like on the same level gotcha. as that goes. Uh, you know. And I you know, I just yeah, I, I don't wanna be subject to to changes that I don't know about. I wanna play the original, you know. That's exactly
1: um, why I avoided uh this Castlevania collection on PS four, is cause like I I heard even, at the time I didn't think it was a rumor, they were were talking about it as fact, but I think I talked about this on a much older podcast, where it seemed like in Symphony of the Night there were a few things changed around, and I was like, well, fuck that, no, I just want the original thing, and I guess if that means I have to go to the original game disc, then so be it.
0: Yeah, yeah, right, there's lots of little things, like if you get Doom on Steam and play it now, it's, uh it's got little things like the health packs have a green cross on them instead of a red one. Uh, And, and just like tiny little differences like that. I think it might be like a red cross thing. They like red cross might be a trademark or something. I'm not sure.
1: You'd have to Um, sue so many other video games. (laughs) They'd all have red crosses for med packs. What the fuck?
0: I, I'm not positive. I Maybe it's not a trademark thing. I'm not positive what the reason is. But, yeah, they're green now for some reason. All right. Uh, and so, maybe stuff it's just like that, right? <laughs> enough
1: red and doom, I guess.
0: And and so, I don't... Well, but, but what that means, though, is that, like, I, I don't want to have that moment where I'm having a conversation with someone about a game and I say something that only pertains to a new yeah. release. You know? Yeah, like, uh, so, for example, and this is very close with SMT, is that, like, personally, I. It, so a lot of people are, are just getting into Persona 4 because it had a Steam release. Uh, Persona 4 Golden came out on PC, you know, and that's awesome for people to play Persona 4 now. However, personally, I really, really do not like the new voice actress for one of the characters. Oh, that's the worst. They, yeah. And like, it ruins the character for me, you know, and it ruins like a lot of cutscenes that she's in mm-hmm. because like the voice direction is so different, right? Ah. It's this weird thing where that game has really good voice direction where the character's, aren't over-exaggerated and they sound like they're having a conversation, you know? And then there's this one character that was recorded later that's like, yells all her lines Uh. and is, like, super out of place, right? So I don't want, you know, I I, I would hate the idea of that being my first experience, right? So, for reasons like that, I'm just like, nah, I'm just gonna play the original.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, It's safe. I mean, there are some some games, like... um, the ones that I'll trust are the ones like Shenmue, right? Where Yu mm-hmm. Suzuki himself has said, Hey, this HD remaster on PS4 of the Dreamcast and Xbox Originals, uh, this is the definitive version to play. Play this. When the original creator signs off on it and, and says it's all good, you know, provided I know that they're not just like, Oh, you're shoving my my pockets full of money. Okay, here, I'll sign away whatever you want. What it Doesn't matter. As long as I know that's not the case, then I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. But largely, yeah, yeah I, I want the original experience that everyone who has nostalgia for X, I, I want right. why they have a nostalgia for X.
0: Yeah, and bringing up nostalgia is a good reason for it, you know? Like, if you play Final Fantasy VII for the first time this year, you know, I, I, I think you can still, you like, appreciate it in a way that, like, resonates with the nostalgia of people yeah. who played it a long time ago, you know? And that's what I'm after, right? Is that appreciation for something that, you know, you know, people have liked for a long time. Do you think uh, it's a kind of
1: different, though, like, with, uh... I-, I guess it's... I guess with specifically Final Fantasy 7, the difference between its HD remaster and its original, um... It feels wrong to say that it's the exception to the rule in that it's much, much uh, older than its than its HD remaster, which is to say, essentially, the game is way rougher around the edges to look at, play, experience, do whatever you want to do to enjoy the game, learn it, get into it. It's way, way less <laughs> hi-fi as uh as like the PS4 uh, at ad- not Advent Children, goddamn, uh, just remake. Seven remake. Um, I would oh, s-
0: okay. Let's not talk about remake. I thought I thought you were talking about like the playing the remaster that's in HD versus the original.
1: Oh, of seven. Yeah. Oh, I, I guess are you, are you referring to the PC version?
0: Uh, well, it was on PC, and then it was also on like PS4 and all that
1: remastered version of Final Fantasy Seven.
0: Yeah, yeah. They just re- you know they've re released Final Fantasy Seven on like every system. I've. It's on huh? Switch, also.
1: I mean, I I know you can download it digitally. I didn't know it was on Switch. What? Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought we were just so, talking about. Okay, never mind then.
0: Okay, so I think I misunderstood your question then. Um, but I but I am going to tangent off on what, what I understood, which was that like, uh, uh I don't know. So I I was, uh, if you're talking about like, should people play the HD? Like, if you can just play the HD version of Final Fantasy VII um, instead of the original because it's so much easier to access, maybe. Yeah, Um, so
1: that's kind of the argument. What I was kind of more or less saying was the difference between the remake, not not this remaster you're talking about, and the original is so wide that I you're saying you can play you can jump into seven nowadays and appreciate it for what it is i know you were talking about the remaster now but i would be just playing the original i think they're, i was
0: talking about the original okay yeah Sorry. The, i think the, they're
1: two yeah. entirely different games and i think totally. remake is not something you can just pop on in and, and, and expect to know what everyone else is doing uh or what what everyone else is nostalgic for for final fantasy 7 like you're that game is purely made for people who already played seven I think.
0: or Yeah, or people who aren't interested in playing the original.
1: Because they're not going to get past the crazy mechanics that you have to... Like, there's a big JRPG learning curve. If you're just a, a player off the streets, maybe, maybe play Call of Duty every now and then, you know, have a sports game. You want to know what the, the, the shit's going on with this Final Fantasy shit. You fit in the audience for the remake 1000%. Because I don't think that type of gamer is going to be patient enough to actually sit through the original seven all the way to the ending. I don't think so. Yeah, well,
0: it. it, it, I I think it would depend on the person whether or not they played Call of Duty. What, uh, Call of Duty. Like,
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I was a huge Call of Duty fan uh, for Call of Duty Four: Modern Warfare when that first came out, and I also did. I
0: imagine you bringing up Call of Duty a minute ago.
1: I swear you said it. I want to fuck with <laughs> you and say, yeah, you imagined it. No, I did. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no. I was just saying, like the 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 difference, like the the t- what the gaming industry defines as a generic gamer, I guess. Uh, one who probably spends way more money at EA than than Square Enix. Um, that's the remake is the game for them, and you know they're not gonna. I feel like they just won't sit through Final Fantasy VII because I have trouble sitting through Final Fantasy VII, and I love Final Fantasy
0: VII. Okay, okay. I I, I was kind of thinking like I think there's a certain type of person that plays through that that can play through a JRPG, mm-hmm. and a certain type of person yes. that can't. I don't know if it has anything to do with any of their other game habits
1: though. I'm not sure. I think know. it's mostly just uh, wh- Okay, so with a JRPG, you are a uh you are 100% bound to when you can find the next save point. Um or you can leave That's, your console yeah. on for days. <laughs> you can do that too. Uh with Call of Duty, uh I'm going to drop off multiplayer and I'll be back in 5 minutes after I take a shit, you know. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. But well, if you're gonna take a shit on a JRPG, you just hit pause. But I'm gonna take a three-week shit, okay? Is that is that, that, mm-hmm. that 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 highlights the difference in 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 how much you're going to lose when you leave that game.
0: Okay. So we're we're getting way off topic here. We had a topic? Um, <laughs> so
1: Shimigami Tense is three. Uh well the, what,
0: the other thing I wanted to say though about like the the uh the I, I, man, I've got another one of those tangents to go on, dude. Do it about, about like so. There are things like the Final Fantasy VII remaster where they smooth out the graphics into 1080p, right? But it's still the old game. I feel like things like that are very much to blame for the, um, for people thinking that the old games look worse mm-hmm. than they actually do, because Absolutely. when you yeah, when you see like the Final Fantasy VII polygonal characters really smooth in HD, but they're blocky and PS1 chibi people, and then they're on top of a pre-rendered background, <laughs> it, it does not look like it used to, you know? Uh, like, it, it doesn't look good. But if you take that same exact image and just keep it in 240p, but you can play it on your HDTV, I'm not telling you that you have to be on a CRT, but as long as you're playing it in the original resolution, then the characters don't look as blocky because the pixels are bigger on them, you know? and they look better on the pre-rendered background because the pixels on the characters are the same size as the pixels on the background, makes it a little bit more cohesive. Suddenly the whole image, even though it's lower res, looks better because it all looks more cohesive.
1: Because you're taking the original source and you're applying a manual processing to it to give it quote-unquote nearest neighbor upscaling, which is not upscaling, you're line doubling. If you're using a line doubler, you should be Mm -hmm. using a line doubler or... Yeah, you know, Tripler, what have you. Um, yeah. because, or if you're playing on emulator. Because then it doesn't even need all that shitty post-processing in order to, to to get the sharp image that you want. It's just copying the image multiple times.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so I think another really good example of this kind of thing is Doom. Where Doom is a game that people oh. are very, very often playing in 1080p. And what happens when you play a game like Doom in 1080p is that when you look at the ground, you can really clearly see tiles, you know, like a small texture that is tessellated over the ground, and you can see all the tiles. Or if you look at the wall, you can see, oh, the wall is this wide, and it's just tiled all the way down, you know? And you see that and immediately you go, your brain is just going video game. You know, Mm -hmm. I I can see the fucking matrix and that takes you out of the game. But when you play it in its original resolution, the thing is that the, the, um, the textures, if you're looking at a wall, for example, again, uh, or if you're looking at the floor, we'll start with the floor. It's at an angle and so the it's not able to display every single pixel of the original texture
1: you're you're saying like the original texture 1080p. kind of fills the screen of 240p
0: like so what what it is is that you're looking at this little one one of the tiles that's on the ground you can't see every single pixel of yep. it anymore because there aren't enough pixels on the screen so the way that the graphics work is it picks and chooses certain pixels off of that tile to display to you. And what that means is that the one next to it, it's going to pick different pixels to display. And so suddenly, all of these tiles that tessellate across the floor, each one of them looks unique. Because the because they're all positioned differently, so different pixels get picked out. For for it to display on the lower resolution,
1: I don't think or, I've ever noticed this. Y-
0: well, y- if you y- y- that's the thing is you don't. That's the point <clears throat> is you don't notice when you're playing on the low resolution. It just yeah. looks like a floor. It just looks like ground. Or if you look at the wall, like thi- imagine. So here, let me. Okay, I can explain it better. Let's just say that your texture is 100 pixels by 100 pixels, or 128, right? 128 by 128, right? But your screen, if you place that texture, that square texture, far enough away in space that it is not taking up 128 by 128 pixels on your monitor. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. That means that not every pixel of that texture is going to be displayed. It's
1: not going to make it through, yeah.
0: So only certain ones are going to be picked, you know, depending on their position relative to you, there's just an algorithm or whatever that picks every other pixel or something like that. And those are the ones that get displayed. Then you take that same texture and you put another one to the left of it, and by, the, by nature of it being a first-person game, and it's at a slight angle so it's slightly further away, the one that's next to it, that one, different pixels are going to be picked for it to choose to
1: display. So have the you s- played this game in, actually in 240p?
0: Uh well the original resolution for Doom is 320, 480 by 320. Uh, 320 by 320 something like
1: that. 320 is uh 320 by 240. That's 240 P. Hmm. I don't
0: I don't remember exactly what the resolution was, but yes, I play it in its original resolution.
1: I think it's 720 and, by 480 is 480p or 480i.
0: Well it but it's different because it's like a computer monitor, right?
1: Cool. Um so that's. I mean, it's still two hundred and forty, four hundred and eighty i or, or four eighty. It's just like a computer monitor has the ability to give you know much more coverage of the screen if you want to stretch the image. You, you it's a dynamic resolution, quote unquote. Even though it's not, it's just how you manipulate a resolution. <laughs> all right, I, I'm
0: doing a real quick check here, and I the first Google result I see is three hundred and twenty by two hundred. Oh, is Doom's okay. Resolution.
1: So yeah, Uh, so it's even less than 240p. And you know what that probably is? That's probably 20 pixels top and bottom for your menu screen. You think so? Like you know how it shows the top? uh, Oh, oh, uh, yeah. I could or just the bottom bar as well. It could just be 40 pixels for the for the bottom bar. Sure. So what I was going to say was though, I I, I was going to say, have you played? Okay, so. When I first beat Doom 1 and Doom 2, it was on a shitty probably 2005, 2004 uh, Dell laptop over an emulator. Uh, if you have to emulate. It wasn't an emulator. It was just Doom. It was just Doom on a PC. But um, probably ran in DOS box. There we go. So that's my experience. A flat panel LCD. Um, running it at whatever resolution it would run at in the, on that laptop, and then after that, I played a little bit of Doom here and there on my PC, and it was much the same. I was like, okay, this is whatever; it's the same as my laptop. And then I got into Twitch, uh, started following Camel, watching him play Doom, and finding out about GZ Doom, which is mm-hmm. for those who don't know, GZ Doom is a program. That uh, I'm gonna butcher this, but essentially it takes Doom, it uses its WAD file. It's like the game, all the maps in in Doom are .dot are wad WAD files. It takes Doom one or Doom two .dot wad, and then throws that into this program, puts it at 1080p, so you get the full resolution. Like you're seeing everything in this Doom map, but it's like it's it, it didn't seem like it was too much that i was seeing like yeah i saw tiled textures and all that but i didn't think the field of view was too much i didn't think what i was seeing was too much the game was still just as challenging but also now it's beautiful like it went from looking like 1992 to uh like half-life to source on the source engine like it went it, it ran it runs at 60 frames solid because it's doom obviously it's pretty low pretty low horsepower requirement but i mean it, it was It was night and day when I tried Jeezy Doom versus just running Doom from Steam. So if you haven't done that, do yourself a favor. But now what you've been saying, now I'm kind of curious what Doom looks like. Um, Maybe not so much even on original hardware like a 486 retro build or something like that, like like an old PC. But just so much as I want to see... If I can run it on a version of Windows that will allow me to have that 320 by 200 resolution on a native CRT monitor and see if it looks real different.
0: So, the way that you can do that very easily is so, so GZ Doom is a source port, right? Mm-hmm. They took the source code and they recompiled it and, and, and made lots of changes to it. Uh, there's another source port called Chocolate Doom. Which uh, keeps the game. It, it, it's sort of a misnomer, as sort of a joke, I think, because like vanilla? It's basically <laughs> it's basically vanilla Doom. Yeah, Chocolate Doom is is uh, no cha- like basically no changes whatsoever to Doom, but you know, compiled for modern PC hardware instead of having to use DOSBox. Okay. Now, alternatively, there's another one called Crispy Doom. I've heard that from. is. So it's like Chocolate Doom, but it has a brief list of enhancements that you can make. It's not like GZ Doom, where there are fucking pages and pages <laughs> and just a nauseating amount of options for the game there are that you lot. don't care about. Uh, this one is like, okay, here's the deal. It's vanilla doom, but here's a list of like 20 options that you can choose between for things like frame rate, or, uh, if you want to double the resolution, um, but it doesn't have, uh, it doesn't have 1080p. Uh, it only has either the original 320 by 200, or you can double it to 640 by 400 if you want, right? Right. How does it double um, it does it line double or just uh just no, no it 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 uh it's it crispens it you know okay. a little bit so it's still a little chunky but it's less chunky uh but yeah i i think that uh in the, the I, like that's my way to play it is is the 320 by 200 resolution on crispy doom because i do like the the frame rate you know original doom runs at 35 fps oh jeez. uh yeah um so i i do like crispy doom just for the 60 fps and everything else i want totally vanilla
1: i knew Uh, i liked vanilla doom uh but not enough to play it when i watched our mutual friend popo and duck um the first time i ever watched him beat doom he was playing the original version At that square resolution, you know, meant for a CRT monitor, and he did it even way hardcore than I would ever even try, which was no mouse, just original keyboard controls. Oh, yeah. Control to shoot, arrow keys to turn, front and back to, like, straight, or, like, to run up and down. I was like, dude, hella respect. I would not sit through this.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny, I used to play it like that all the time, and one time I I was on a laptop that had Intel, like, integrated Intel graphics drivers, Mm. and one thing that I found out about that is that it has a, I think it's like control down or something, is the uh, shortcut to turn the monitor image upside down what so I, yeah so i'm playing doom and in doom you move with the arrow keys you shoot with control you strafe with alt and you do actions with uh with space and out of nowhere i'm playing and the screen goes black and it comes back <laughs> upside down Fuck! And i was just like jesus christ what did i do
1: um, was that a doom feature up? or was that a windows feature
0: uh, Intel, it was. It's like a in, Intel integrated oh. graphics has that.
1: Oh, oh, Jesus! Okay, so that's why you said that. All right, I didn't know yeah. that was even a thing.
0: Yeah, it was a funny thing. What could that but, be yeah. for? I don't know, man. But uh, I, you know what I think it is? Is it's so that you can rotate the monitor left or right, you know, so that you can do like a vertical monitor kind of thing. Mm. And if you're already doing that, and eh, just put in a hundred eighty degree one, also why not? Yeah,
1: I was gonna <laughs> say, why would you have a 108- 180... Wait a minute. No. So you're saying it flipped you 90 degrees, not 180?
0: No, it did 180. If if, oh, okay. if you did like control down or something.
1: Yeah, it's like what the anyway. f- who the fuck is gonna do that with like heavy CRT monitors? Like who? How many people have those just hanging from their cabinet or whatever, or on yeah. a wall mount? No way. I didn't even think a wall stud could hold like. This 17 inch CRT monitor I have here. I mean, maybe they used to have those, uh, those, the, and they still do those CRT TV trays with like the bolt on VCR thing below them too. Those had to be mm-hmm. mounted somehow. I, I, I don't know. I never sit under them at hospitals.
0: <laughs> but yeah, the uh, so anyway, anyway, my whole my whole point, if I can sum it up real quick, is that. When you have a texture that's like 128 by 128 and it gets and and it gets displayed far enough away from you where it takes up less space than that on your monitor, it doesn't display all the pixels. And so if you tile that by nature of first person and each one of them being in a slightly different position, they're all going to look different But if you take that same image and you upscale, or not upscale it, but you display it in a higher resolution, like you're playing Doom in 1080p, then you can see all 128 pixels on every one of those squares, and they all look the same. Yeah. So, I think that the low resolution, like, it helps Doom look more uh contiguous and and less like
1: like minecraft essentially
0: yeah yeah and also it makes it so that your gun you know your your the sprites of your gun and that kind of thing you know line up with everything better and uh Mm -hmm. you know enemies don't look quite so silly when they're fought like when enemies are further away it's a little harder to see them you know because You know, in Doom, well, it, in 1080p, an enemy can be a mile away from you, and you can still see every pixel of its sprite. And then it gets close to you, and it's big pixels. You
1: know, and it's like, eh, I don't know, man. This is a way like a much bigger impact to the experience. Yeah, I because I, I, with the, with the pistol, the the thing you start with in every Doom level, if it's pistol starts, obviously. You can snipe an imp from from literally a mile away, literally a mile away. You just kind of aim in that direction and the game just gives it to you. Like it could be just in a cage off somewhere walking in a circle. You could fire like in all reality if it was real life and you were just firing a pistol in that direction, none of those shots would ever hit. But in Doom it's like laser accuracy because you're just you- in that direction and I guess it's just made for keyboard controls.
0: Yeah, yeah, I do like it with mouse controls though. Now I, oh, yeah. I play. Growing up, I always played Doom with keyboard controls, but you know, I, I went with the mouse uh, more recently, and it's it's the way to go.
1: Yeah, I I I couldn't imagine. Tr- I mean, because I never played Doom with uh with only a keyboard. I was introduced. Honestly, this is going to sound terrible, but I would even prefer this over just keyboard. I I was introduced on that shitty little Dell laptop I used in high school, so I was using it with a trackpad, and not a good trackpad, (laughs) a really shitty trackpad that was like maybe maybe had 50 cents worth of U.S. coins in diameter and uh, two massive buttons that always got clicked easily uh, without my (laughs) consent. So that being able to get me through doom all the way to the end was was probably like leagues ahead of me ever trying to do it with the control and arrow keys fuck that
0: Mm -hmm. so anyway briefly back to Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne so it's on PS2 yeah, yeah, it's it's a game where like just like the old ones, you know, you're fighting demons. You can talk to them and uh, negotiate with them and get them onto, um, get them onto your team. Uh, yeah. Then there's like a whole fusion mechanic where you can fuse them together and make new dudes and all that. Uh, so yeah, it's still got all that stuff, but uh, the battle system—it it just uh, on PS2—it feels really really good to play. Um, you know, just with like the, uh, like the, the there's a lot of little things that this game has that the old ones don't. Where the old ones were all fan translated, and this one, you know, because they never officially came out here. Um, except I, uh, you played those fan translations, later. didn't you? Yeah, 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 those are the ones I played. How did you and, rate and the s- uh,
1: translations? Did it seem like it was like really shitty, cringy localization, or did it seem pretty thorough?
0: They were very good. The yeah, yeah the fan translations of, of the of one and two and Megami Tensei One and Two were very, very good. Um there were a couple little bugs here and there with the way that text displayed, you know, but nothing too serious. The thing that now Nocturne has though that uh, so so this isn't really an issue with with the translation. This is more just like PS2 and menu design and stuff and screen real estate. They can actually tell you what all the shit does now. You know, back in the old games when you, w- you oh you learned a new spell Tetraja and you're like okay what the hell does that do you know? And in some in in some uh, cases it's like nearly impossible to. To like figure out what some of these spells do, you know, and now this is a game where hey, when you highlight it, it says what it does. I, right? I talked
1: about this actually. I want to say it was in your stream when I came by when you were giving the the, the last college try to X two or ten to Final Fantasy. Um, I love the spell naming conventions of certain uh, RPGs, like with. Final Fantasy it's pretty straightforward and simple. You have like cure, cura or curaga or something like that. And mm-hmm. then uh you you have that kind of same naming convention where it's like fire 1, fire 2, fire 3 for Final Fantasy 7 and such where they get less creative, but like there was a um there was a system in dot hack on PS2 uh where like you'd have A simple fire spell a simple lightning spell a simple ice spell they would all have their same normal word prefixes and they make no sense to anyone who hasn't played the game it's like if i were to say orgonzat you'd never know what the fuck i was doing or i could say vac cruz and that would be a spinning fire spell because vac or or cruz would actually, well, VAC is the element, Cruise is the style of magic that they use, and makes no sense to anyone listening right now. But if I were to just play the game for like more than five minutes, it's like, oh, I can see the linear progression through the different words. So I'm what, what instead of just going fire one, fire two, fire three, I'm going VAC Cruise or. Or, or or something something like it adds more syllables to it the more powerful yeah. it goes so it's like three prefixes for the for the for the most powerful spells and it's more descriptive in that it doesn't just feed you a number and there are more different styles of ways of using that elemental attack so it's like it's it's something that like i said for the third time you d- it makes no sense now but it clicks immediately when you do it and it just makes you feel a little bit more involved i guess in the the mysticism, <laughs>
0: yeah, and so Megami Tensei does that too. Where like fire is called agi, ice is called bufu, lightning is called zeo, right? Okay. but but then you get the next level of the spell where it's agi lao and bufu la and uh zianga, you know, uh, and then you get the third level which is like agi dine and bufu dine. Uh, so those are like the super powerful ones, and then that's a single target though. If it's a if it's a multi-target spell, like it hits all of the enemies, then they'll put a ma in front of it. So ma ragi is fire all enemies, ah, and okay. ma ragi dine then is powerful fire on all enemies. See, I know, love that. that. Kind of that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and right, you you learn that kind of stuff pretty quickly. However. Uh, in the old games, there are some spells that y- are very tricky to figure out what the hell they do. Um, and so Nocturne, at least, when you highlight the spell, it tells you what it does. Now, there's one other thing about it. First of all, turn-based battle system. Actually turn-based, it's amazing. It works very interestingly, though. So uh, if you've ever played Digital Devil Saga, which is a spin-off of Shin Megabi Tensei, it works, the si- it works a-, a similar way. Um, how it works is it is turn-based, but it's not like back and forth between the enemies one by one, uh, or anything like that. It is more, it, it does it where it's like your team's turn and then it's the enemy team's turn all at once, you know, and it, it puts a twist on it though. So let's say your, your party has four people in it, right? It will go to your turn, right? It's your party's turn, and it'll go to whoever's agility is the highest for who goes first, and it'll go through the four different people in the order of their agility. But it's not that they all get a turn. It's that your party gets four turns total in that order. Oh, so you... Okay, So, one character can pass, and that only uses a half a turn, and then that might allow, like, your first guy to get two turns in on your, uh, on your phase. Or, if an enemy is weak to, like, fire, if you cast fire on them and exploit their weakness, that also only takes a half a turn. So... You can get more, so you can cycle through your party more than once and get more than one turn in if you do things like critical hits, exploit weaknesses, uh, that type of thing. Now, on the opposite end, if you miss an attack or if the enemy is invulnerable to the attack that you're doing or something like that, then you lose a turn. So someone in your party might not even get to go because someone before them fucked up <laughs> and lost turns, and then it goes to the uh, enemy immediately.
1: It almost seems and then, like a weird, quote-unquote, turn-based uh, Final Fantasy Tactics where you just have to play out a whole bunch of shit at once and hope it works.
0: Uh, it, 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 well, I, I would compare it more to like Fire Emblem where like it's all okay. of your... All of your guys move, then all of the enemies move. You I haven't know? played
1: Fire Emblem actually.
0: Yeah, so it goes through like phases that way, where it's your phase, enemy phase, player hmm. phase, enemy phase. Um, so, like any good battle system though, you take all of these mechanics for turns, and all of that applies to enemies also. If they hit you for your weakness, if they get more turns. If you are immune to their attacks or dodge them, they get less turns and that kind of thing. Uh, so it's it's really cool. I don't know. I really like it because it, it does fun. things. Yeah, it does things where like you know my character is immune to being charmed, right? So when they cast charm on my character, I'm like, yeah, dude, that's gonna fuck up their whole phase, <laughs> you know. And yeah, then it's cool. my turn right away again. Uh, yeah. So. Very very cool. Um, I like it a lot so far. Like I I like it a lot so far. Uh,
1: this is, I knew I would like it. This is nocturne then. I thought you were actually talking about Digital Devil Saga, and that's how that worked.
0: Oh, sorry. So so everything that was about the way that turns work yeah. is both of them. Oh, good. Okay. Like that. That's how both of them do like the turns and the phases and the weaknesses and the and that kind of stuff. Right. So yeah, yeah. how
1: far are you into, into it are you?
0: I've only played it for like uh, five or six hours at this point. Okay. And I'm playing on hard mode. I, I really worried about it because it's the first SMT game to have a difficulty option. And I've heard that Nocturne is just a super brutal game in general. And that hard mode is like extremely masochistic. But I was like, you know what? I'm a champion. I'm playing it on hard mode. Uh, and it's been great so far.
1: You're braver than I. What about hard mode attracts you? Is it like the fact that y- I? I feel like you're one of those people who, when you start a game, you're just immediately like good at thinking on your feet like, okay, well, it- if X is the result of me doing Y well, then maybe I need to try something that actually is a little bit more compatible with why getting the game along. So let me do this differently, and then voila, there it is. I don't make those connections quite as well. <laughs> and I'll actually talk yeah. about that in the game I'm going to talk about in a little bit, because I think that game's throwing me a cur- or a, a softball when I think I'm doing well.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'll, I'll be brief. Um, the thing about it is that I I, I think... <laughs> If I had to analyze it, right, I would say that the reason is that I don't see progress as just the plot moving forward or my character's leveling up. Oh, knowledge is a huge thing. So, if I go and fight a boss and they do a thing that kills the whole party and then I have to reload my save point, I have not lost progress. I gained knowledge, you know? So now I can readjust my party to kind of think about that happening next attempt so Mm. i can deal with it right and i think that that's a really fun gameplay loop and i i i enjoy that aspect of of that's
1: that's probably a huge thing of what i'm missing from a lot of uh from my lack of patience to, to sit down with jrpg games because like the thing about if i don't have a whole lot of like stimulation right off the bat uh, then it's going to be like, okay, I'm going to s- struggle to find things about why I like this game. And if things get hard from there, I'm just even more dissuaded. So I'm just like, I don't have the patience for this and I just put it away. And well, I just wasted that money. So um, yeah, it's that's, that's an interesting thing you bring up though, because that's like the third dimension of game enjoyment. I guess I never really paid too much attention to because I mean... I'm one of those people who has to see the immediate fun in, in a game to sit down well, with you, it.
0: You've beaten Castlevania three though. That's, like, one of the hardest games I've ever beaten.
1: It's the hardest game I've ever beaten. Probably specifically because of that reason, though. I it's mean,
0: probably <laughs> the hardest game I've ever beaten, also.
1: Really? Because I feel like you... Well, hang on. You beat Wings of V, right? Would you say Wings of Wings of V is harder?
0: That's a... Well, see, that's a very different type of hard. Apples Wings of V is... Yeah, Wings of V is the type of game where the checkpoint is is are frequent. Okay. So, yeah, you die on a checkpoint a hundred times, you know, but you just you try again, try again, try again, try again, try again. Now I got it, you know? Yeah, uh, That's much different than Castlevania's I died. It's going to take three minutes to get back to that part.
1: And that's if I'm not tilted enough at that point that it takes only the normal amount of time to get back to that part
0: (laughs) right yeah because right it's going to take three minutes if i stay patient and do it as well as i did last time
1: it's like oh well fuck it took me five minutes to get here this time but i have a different sub weapon now let's see how this goes because now i have to use this the whole next level
0: right so that's i mean a discussion like this could be its own whole episode as to like just how how different difficulty is handled in different games.
1: Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Um, did you want to say anything else about uh, Shin Megami Tensei? Though?
0: Uh, I'll probably have more to say about it at some other time, but right now ba- my first impressions are are just like it's it's 10 out of 10. It's exactly what I wanted. Where like Ooh. it's more it's more Shin Megami Tensei in all of the ways that SMT is really really cool. Uh, the PS2-ness of it is really great where like, I'm feeling like the, it's like, it's such a fresh thing after playing four games on super Famicom, you know, that being the remakes of Megami Tensei one and two and Shin Megami Tensei one and two, four games on super Famicom, right? It's so like fresh to be on PS2 now. Uh, so yeah, I, all of the changes and things that are different so far, I like, all of the things that are the same. I like it's just a fucking 10 out of 10 game so far.
1: It's it's a shame that games this good, you know, according to other gamers that enjoy them were so hard to come by, I guess when I was a kid during this time when I had a PS2. Because uh, for those who don't know, we we, we live stream this and we have a chat going on when we live stream and we had a person in here say that the first, I don't know if this is true, but I'm going to go off of it. First print of uh, Nocturne in the US was 3000 copies, just 3000 copies for the United States. Um, All of them had a soundtrack CD, so it was kind of maybe like a special edition sort of thing, but that's a low fucking print. For a game yeah. that is supposed to go into a market of millions and millions of gamers, so yeah,
0: I, I think that is like a, a certain thing, though. Like it's it's not an expensive game; it's not a rare game. Oh, really? I, I think oh. yeah, it 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 had more copies later. Okay, um, good
1: because Jesus. But yeah,
0: <laughs> there might be something about a soundtrack, or like Dante is in the game on my copy, and he da- might not. Yeah, from Devil May Cry. He, really. He <laughs> Yeah, he's like a guest character in the game for some reason.
1: The Capcom um, series? Yes. In an Don- Atlas game.
0: Yeah. It specifically says Dante from Devil May Cry 2, which I also <laughs> think is funny. That's hilarious. Uh,
1: <laughs> not that but, one yeah. for the first one. Fuck that first Dante.
0: Right. So I'm not sure if like he was in all the different versions or something, but uh, he probably was, though. I feel like that'd be pretty significant. Um... But, yeah, maybe it was just the soundtrack or something like that. But, yeah, it's, don't worry. Like, your point still stands, that there are games that are a shame that there were so few of, and so you just never, ever saw a copy. There's I don't just, think... There's you know. just
1: so much of that I feel like there's so much that we missed, uh, fun experience-wise, here in the States, because some business suit said, no, nah, that's not going to sell well here. So
0: Yeah, dude, we almost didn't get Demon Souls. Because the uh, president or someone high up at Sony played it and was like, This sucks. We are not, we're not putting any more money into this. It is not going to America, you know? Yeah. And then, and then Atlas had to be like, We'll, we'll <laughs> do it. So, uh,
1: yeah. yeah. It reminds yeah. me of that uh, thing where, like, there was this one i don't remember who he was but it was this one guy who like played all the arcade games uh, for nintendo for nintendo of america back in the late 80s really actually no no, mid 80s cuz that's when mario was a thing uh, because he was like he was the guy who was like fuck yeah this game rules super mario bring it over here people will love it and they do and then he then they get super mario 2 <laughs> and that's the one that like is way too fucking hard he was like oh this is bad so we didn't get that, and then we got we got a different Super Mario Brothers 2. We got yeah. Puyo Puyo, or not Puyo Puyo. What, what was it? Doki Doki, Doki, Doki. Panic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Doki Doki Panic became uh, reskinned for Mario, and we got that as Super Mario too.
0: Now there is a little bit more to that. I want to let you talk about your games, but oh, yeah, we can there's, talk. About- there is all these fucking tangents, though, because I think it's a myth. I think that it was too hard for Americans is a myth.
1: I yes. think they interviewed the actual dude who 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 said that it was too hard and like it was the guy that they Nintendo trusted. Um
0: So I what do you really think it was like one dude's decision though? No, f- no, no. From what I've heard about like like in other research about the topic, um and maybe this is also just me projecting, right? But I thought that the issue was sort of that like Nintendo was in the middle of saving video games from the great video game crash. You know what I mean? In America. Asterisk. (laughs) In America. So Super Mario Bros. was this huge hit and people were like, wow, video games are back. You know? So what Nintendo didn't want to do was release another Super Mario Bros. game that to the layman looks like the exact same game.
1: It did. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And because that would be like, oh, I guess that's all they have. I guess this is just the the machine that does this one thing, you know. The master, but <laughs> at the same time, you know, it, you, they you've got you've got this other fun, creative Doki Doki game uh, that like has better graphics and a more. F- crazy soundtrack and more mechanics you know and something that like if we bring this over as Mario 2 it's like exciting and new you know
1: yeah I I guess it's just like that's probably a more famous example because obviously it's Super Mario but like man sorry this is a tangent stream I'm just going to call it it's a tangent stream there's a Mm -hmm. game in on PS1 that's only in Japan and I only saw it because, again, I, I bring up Campbell all the time, but he's the one who showed it, called Sumo. And there's another game called Sumo as well. It's like a different title, but it's the same game. And so Sumo is a game where you are a hamster who is also a forklift. Like you're a genetic hamster forklift hybrid. Okay. And the entire okay. point is to... You're a forklift. You got to lift these boxes. And these boxes, they're cubes, right? They're, it's a PS, PS1 game in Japan. Cubes you're dealing with here. They have different faces. And you can move the boxes to have different faces to fix. Like Essentially, you want to build an image. Like it shows you like a picture of a horse or something. And these boxes are the different pieces of that image. Like a puzzle piece. And you have to take these blocks, go around the level that is generated, not generated, but there's levels of specific design, and you have a set amount of squares you can move as your little hamster forklift dude. And once you hit zero, you can't finish the level. You can't do anything else. So you have to build this puzzle, this image uh, of whatever you're trying to build in the allotted steps or, or spaces, movements that you have. And it's this weird, it's, it's, I don't need to, I don't even just say it's weird. It's, it's already weird. It's a fucking, you're you're a forklift hamster hybrid making puzzles in a weird underground space and you just keep going deeper and deeper and the puzzles get harder and harder. And I would have killed for that game as a kid. Why didn't we have like weird fucking shit here that just like, okay, so, mario right he's this plumber he goes through tubes he eats mushrooms he kills mushroom people he saves the princess
0: from the sewers right now
1: (laughs) i don't know who frank is (laughs) but like bathrooms you ever seen a bathroom before frank come on down to frank's gym (laughs) yeah quad laser good guy um (laughs) (laughs) so we got mario being weird as fuck But a hamster hamster fucking forklift hybrids too much, you know? Who makes those decisions to where thousands of weird Americans won't get to enjoy something? (laughs) Maybe tens, maybe hundreds, but probably tens of Americans. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. Something like that. Stuff stuff like that could be a hit. Um, I, I get stuff like Mr. Driller and, like, Mr. Mosquito being a little weird and not selling well and then going, Uh, maybe. I don't know. But Totally. Yeah. Ugh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I I need the I, our our fucking oxygen here in the States are those publishers, like working designs who goes, Hey, let's get that weird shit over here.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's what I was just gonna say is that like there there's definitely it's definitely not a big market, right? So you understand yeah. why they don't bring a, a lot of that weird shit over here. But there is enough of a niche interest that it is good that there's, you know, uh, uh, publishers that, that bring that kind of stuff over.
1: Yeah. And it's just like, I, I, maybe if I wasn't a kid when I was playing video games, I would have known about those companies. But I wasn't going to find out about those companies through looking at the pictures in electronic, Electronics Gaming Monthly. <laughs> mm hmm. Maybe but yeah.
0: The the whole myth thing that I'm talking about with difficulty though because like also I think Final Fantasy 2 was one of the games that uh that people said was was too hard to bring over but that like if you look into that also I think it's more evidence that they they were working on a translation of Final Fantasy 2 uh, but it would have come out so late that it wasn't really worth it anymore yeah. because they were already making Final Fantasy 4 and translating that for Super Nintendo, you know? So that's why we didn't get Final Fantasy 2 II and 3. And then there's shit like Battletoads. The Japanese version of Battletoads is easier than the U.S. one. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I'm thinking it might have... So that was a rare game, which means maybe did it come out in the US first and maybe they made it easier for the Japanese release because they just thought the game was in general too hard or something. I don't know. I yeah, I'm I'm not sure. But point is that game is harder in the US. Uh, so, on the US version.
1: Uh I am woefully underexperienced in Battletoads. Did Rare own the property from the from the get-go?
0: Uh is oh, it, has it uh, always been tra- rare? You know what? It was made. Uh, Trade West is Trade involved. West, okay. Also, I'm not sure if they were the developer or if they own it or what. But I know that it's like Trade West and Rare. But I'm not. Yeah. So I guess Rare owned it. Yeah. Maybe uh, could- Trade West made it and Rare published it.
1: Yeah, because I mean, Battletoads is it, at least right now. It's a. It's a. Uh, it's a rare property because in uh, in this little game I've been playing a whole bunch of called Sea of Thieves. They have like special uh I like special customizations for people who, who which is also a rare game. But it's like it's got some Battletoads references. Like you can you can get like a Battletoads like icon on your sail. Um they have a whole ass boat that's designed after Fulgore from from Killer Instinct, which is also another rare game. Um yeah I'm, I'm not sure i'm looking at this and it says uh developer rare mindscape for the for for french for, for the french release i, I don't know an arc system works hmm. for mega drive and and no not m it says m m d i assume which is mega drive but no yeah it's got to be rare it says rare from the very first person so rare owned it from the beginning i didn't know that um okay. but rare makes some really fucking good games man um i i had so yeah, much fun they- with everything rare
0: they had a they had a pretty dark period though when Microsoft first bought them and they were relegated to making shit like connected ventures.
1: Oh shit! I didn't know that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty dire for a while there with Fuck. Rare, but then really? they made Sea of Thieves, which you know is a lot of people like that game.
1: Yeah. Um. So I guess that's a good segue because I was gonna say, um, I have two games I could talk about this week and. Judging off of my experience of the first one, I don't have enough to really judge it, but I could talk about it. Um, I've been playing a lot of Sea of Thieves, though, but I won't talk about that first. I guess I'll talk about... I
0: thought you already told us about Sea of Thieves.
1: um, I played a little bit, but I didn't get a deep dive into it. Okay, okay. Which is my current status on... on the current game I'm playing, which is Blaster Master Zero. Uh, I don't know if y'all can see this in the video. Blaster
0: but Master Zero.
1: Blaster Master Zero. So this is a 2017 uh, <laughs> retro-styled game. Um, not retro game, but retro-styled game, which from someone who commented in my Twitch chat when I played it, um, said it was basically... Everything you, you would like about the original Blaster Master games, you know, on NES, uh, all put into one game. So I was interested in Blaster Master the instant that Limited Run Games said that, hey, we're putting out this Blaster Master Zero game. Because I played Blaster Master on the NES Classic uh, Collection on the Switch. Never knew about Blaster Master originally back in the NES days. But I played this on the Switch and I go, holy shit. This is we- not weird, but different and fun as fuck. So for anyone who doesn't know, Blaster Master is a series where you are the pilot of a tank. And the tank is like this. It's like this. <sighs> Imagine if 8-bit could have anime, and that's kind of like what you're doing right here. So it's like an 8-bit anime where like, you're just this pilot of this really pointy, cool-looking anime tank and you go through a, a level like it's platforming. You, you, you know what platforming is. You jump from thing to thing, and then you go through a level. You figure out how to get through the end of it. You get some items along the way. You find some secrets. It's a platformer. But you're a fucking tank, and you're a tank that can aim its nozzle in, I want to say, about 120 degrees. Actually, it might just be 90 degrees, but the 45 degree and the 45 degree back and up straight. Um, yeah. You can aim your turret, is what I'm saying, up up and down in front of you, behind you, and you can also jump, which is rare for a tank. So, already kind of cool. Um, you have different sub weapons, you have your normal weapons, so it's like this weird half shooter, half platform, like shoot 'em up game, half platformer. Um, and then the the thing that I liked the most was when you go through the levels, you'll find little doorways, and when you find little doorways. In the first NES game, I I remember you would just go there and immediately you were just out of your tank and it was this top-down Link's Awakening Zelda kind of like you're walking through screens. You go up and then it just goes up and we're transitioning to the next box and here's where you're in a little box and there's obstacles and there's enemies and you figure that shit out. Um, This game has that, except there's also an intermediary step where you can be outside of the tank and the normal platforming parts of the level so essentially what you're doing is going oh there's a door over there it's only accessible by a ladder and my tank's too big to fit in this part of the level so i gotta put my tank in somewhere safe jump out of it make sure i'm not gonna get hit by any enemies and um It's pretty realistic as far as, you know, a retro style platformer game can go in that once I'm out of the tank, if I get hit by an enemy, like a normal enemy that the tank normally faces off with, I'm dead. Like, I'm fucked. But if I I can get around those enemies and run around, I'm a lot more mobile than my tank was. I'm this little chibi dude who can swim now. The tank can't swim, but you can swim. So you can already access different parts of the level that way by making yourself more vulnerable. Um, And then there's those little holes I mentioned, like little dungeons. The game actually calls them dungeons. First off, I should also mention that this is kind of a Metroidvania game in that when you go to your menu, it shows you the whole like map, like a Metroidvania game would do like Metroid or Castlevania, where it shows you the parts you haven't discovered. Well, it doesn't show you them, but it shows that you haven't discovered something and Hey, maybe there's some shit over here and you got to go that way. Find out what's over there. Um, and that puts it part as part of the map. Now, it also shows those little dungeons that I just mentioned. So you get out your tank, you're a little dude, you go in the dungeon and the dungeon quote unquote is like probably like this little cool sky level. It's like, it's actually up in the sky. Uh, it, mind you, this is probably just for the level I'm at. Cause I've only played this game for maybe four or five hours total. Um, but it's a, a cool little area, different change in perspective. You're getting a top-down view. Imagine yourself like Zelda: and Link's Awakening, except it's also a shoot 'em up game. So you have guns, you have different sub weapons. It all, uh, the kinds of weapons you can use, or the style like of of spray or or, or style of shooting that you're going to do, relies on how much energy you have. So you're picking up health packs, you're picking up battery packs. It's very classic, like you know, platformer or, or table like. <laughs> Top down, like kind of RPG sort of thing. It's very classic feeling with the graphics being updated to be like, not necessarily like 3D, but like, I would say, you know how bloodstained Curse of the Moon is? You look at that game, you know it's a modern game because it's trying to be retro, but you can tell it's not retro because it's clearly 1080p, but also here's things that a Super Nintendo could only render, but you're playing as like an NES style, you know, little sprite. It's that sort of thing. But. Um, it's very charming so far. The bosses are great. The, the game is not too hard to where I go in, get ganked and, and say, fuck this. The game is pretty much to the point where if I want to learn, uh, how to get through or if it rather, if I want to get through the game, I need to learn the different types. Of, like it's one of those games that forces you to use all of its things, But it does a good job of it not being annoying because it rewards you pretty well for learning what kind of shooting you should be using, all the items that you need to be hoarding, how to kite enemies, all that sort of thing. So it's cool to see that in like a Legend of Zelda uh, Link's Awakening style top-down view because I have personally have not played a game like that yet. But the only thing I can attribute that to is my seeing video of people playing Link's Awakening, so I get that. I know there's, like, other clones of Zelda, like Valis or something like that, or... Not Valis. It's not Golden Axe, but... Anyway. Point aside, it's 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 a platformer. It's a top-down. It's a shoot 'em up All at once, and it doesn't punish you too hard for dying. You lose your energy, which you can build back, but you start back with a full health bar. The save checkpoints are just, just within the tolerable level of, fuck, I'm going to die. If I die right here, I'm going to lose like 10 minutes of progress. But if you get it, you get it, and you're good, and here's the next 10 minutes. It it paces you insanely well. So I wasn't really going to give this game a rating so far, but in terms of games like Blaster Master is the best comparison, going to the NES um, and then playing this, it was immediately like, oh my god, I like Blaster Master. I could sit down and play this a little bit, but I'm not going to, it didn't hold my attention enough for me to go, I need to buy this now, I'm going to play this on stream, I'm going to play this all the time, it's fun. This is different. This is like years of figuring out what worked with Blaster Master and then making it work. So um, I recommend it. It's, it's like, honestly, if you like any kind of shoot 'em up that's not hard like uh, man you think shoot up games you think bullet hills you think oh god i need the attention span of three different people and 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 learning (laughs) about what's going on right now so i can figure out the pattern to dodge between these thousands of bullets it's not that at all there's definitely some sections where you're going to be dodging a lot of bullets like a bullet hell but that's usually really good like boss fights so it's pretty steady going and I think I've got to the third boss on my first try so I would say it's nowhere near as like difficulty wise I would say it's not like Castlevania it's not one of those things that like the game forces you oh but by making you die over and over and over again to, to learn how to play it it Feeds you a little information here and there, and and and, and that's that's it. Now I, I've talked a lot about the about the mechanics of the game. I haven't talked about the story, and the story is what wrapped me so far up into it to want to find out what's going on. And uh, like I said, I only, I've only played a couple hours of this game, so I only have a little bit of it. But listen to the story and tell me if this draws you in. All right. So okay. the world is fucked up at some point in humanity. Uh, I'm in. In, in humanity's history. And, and we had uh, a civil war, all right? And then we had a nuclear war, right? So the war went through nuclear winter. Whole fucking Earth is covered in ice. I, new, new whole ice age happens. Um, humanity's trying to rebuild, and, uh, well, that's pretty much the detail of that. N- zoom in to this one dude who uh, is exploring the world after the ice ages happened um reclaiming technology that sort of thing where oh shit we got to find out about earth before all this shit happened because everything is erased all that this isn't really force-fed to you this story you can kind of just infer this in fact it might i might be just be telling you things i've kind of assumed and maybe not be real canon but
0: that's it, honestly some of my favorite kind of it doesn't force it down your throat yeah is- yeah just well also just stuff that you just kind of absorb and and almost almost make up just by things that have been hinted
1: yeah and that's a that's actually a great tangent we could go off off as well as like kind of like the difference between reading a book and watching a movie when you when you read a book it's so much better by default because you are ascribing things to the book and you see those things how you see them and when you watch a movie for it it's it's like what the fuck is this <laughs> It's all different.
0: Well, yeah, but at the same time, a movie can hint at something that a book would have to explicitly True.
1: say. True, but it does so in, 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 a, in a much more concentrated timeline. So you mm-hmm. really have to work into where you fit that. But uh, any, anyway, um, I was trying to say this, uh, this game. Boy, what was I trying to say? I just derailed myself. <laughs> what was I talking about literally two matcher. seconds ago?
0: story blaster Master oh yeah the story, story okay how-
1: so so the story uh you're you're reclaiming you know what the fuck's going on not reclaiming but figuring what the fuck's going on with earth uh exploring figuring out what you can find and all of a sudden you have a pet frog right and this frog okay. is i like frogs frogs are adorable love them they're funny uh anyway this frog is like it kind of looks Did you ever see Dragon Ball Z when Captain Ginyu on the planet Namek got turned into a frog? No. Damn it. Oh, fuck. Okay. Well, we'll make another episode of me yelling at you to watch Dragon Ball Z. (laughs) But this frog kind of just artistically looks like Ginyu as a frog. Um, And then your guy has a frog right and the frog goes whoa i'm a frog i'm gonna jump this way like frogs do i guess and uh he goes down a hole and your dude goes whoa what's down this hole and then like that was it he couldn't find his frog so he goes fuck i gotta find my my this cool looking frog that's the story
0: <laughs> nice yeah um <laughs> let me tell you i i really like everything i'm hearing about blaster master here the funny thing is, my brother has been telling me to play Blaster Master for years. He's been saying that, like, I gotta play it. It's got everything I like in it. Oh, wait, I'm like, alright, One all right. more
1: thing I need to add, I'm sorry, uh, to the story. Along your journey in trying to find this frog, there's, like, this girl that you find just, like, passed out, and her name is Eve, and uh, she knows how to fix your tank, and she can add things to your tank, and you're like, oh, well, cool, so you're... Why don't you remember anything? Why do you have amnesia? Classic video games. Oh, how did I get Mm -hmm. here? (laughs) Why Mm -hmm. do I know how to do all this stuff? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. Plot device, obviously. Um, But back to the frog. The frog looks really cool, and it fucking sucked when he went away, man. So, like, you had to go and find that. It's an important integral part of the story. Find the frog in this weird universe where you go, oh, I might be a signal from the frog. The frog sounds like he's coming from these suburbs over here. Well, I'm gonna go find the frog over there. Well, fuck, there's a signal over here, um, and well, that's where you find Eve, you find her, and uh, you you search for other signals, and you're looking around. And that's my extent of the story so far. So, way more important about the frog because frog is cool, and then also there's this plot device chick, I guess. <laughs>
0: hmm. Nice, nice. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I've been recommended Blaster Master for years. I own it. Like, I I bought it for NES, like, a few months ago. Solid purchase. I
1: I plan on
0: playing it, but I have not gotten around to it yet. It's good, Uh, man.
1: I will say the music is very good, but also there's, like, three songs. So it's very repetitive. Just prepare yourself Uh, for that.
0: Okay, okay, okay. But, yeah. uh, Gosh, there was one other thing. Oh, yeah, Dragon Ball Z. So, um... I actually recently started watching, I did start watching Dragon Ball Z and I've seen the first like 10 or 15 episodes so far. Uh, Are you
1: watching Kai? What, what kind of series are you watching?
0: It's just, I don't know. It's just called Dragon Ball Z. Um, you know, and, uh,
1: what, how are you watching it? I was saying Uh, where?
0: Oh, DVD. Okay. Yeah. My fiance has, uh, has the first like season or so on DVD.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Um, it's the. One, it's got the. It, it's like the the credits has that song that's like Miracle and Kai power. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? the vir- it's really like original. One. Yeah,
1: dude, that's that's that was one of my face favorite outros. Oh, um, it's
0: great! I listened to I, I every single episode. I watched the whole credit sequence
1: because the song is so good. There are certain series of TV shows that like like on Netflix or something, um, that my girlfriend just pointed out. You watch the intro to this every time, and I was like, yeah, it's fucking good. The music is good. The <laughs> visuals are good. Why would I not watch this? It's like, a, it, bo- it, like it, it, it amps you up to see what you're about to see because you're used to it. You know the song, and you're like, oh, it's cool looking. Let's, let's get into it. You know, It's a little, that little minute for you. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've, I would say, okay, so hang on. Have you watched Dragon Ball at all?
0: Uh I watched only the first episode of it a long time ago. Okay.
1: I'm going to I'm going to strongly recommend to you that you uh-huh. f- watch the entire Dragon Ball series first because uh, I'm sorry to any fans of the series but man Dragon Ball just got like Dragon Ball Z just progressively just Got to the Frieza saga and just went downhill from there. And as a kid, I thought that was unfair because I was watching it all as it came new to Toonami. And I was like, this is the best shit ever. I'm so hype. Looking back on it, I rewatched it all again. Man, Frieza is where it should have ended. So let me just say that there's so much before Frieza that happens kind of a little bit in Dragon Ball Z. But a lot, lot, lot more. That's not relevant to the story, but relevant to to, to you understanding how Goku becomes who he is as an adult. Who's really not an adult. Because you can see in Dragon Ball how he's kind of always a fucking kid at heart. And there's... Mm -hmm. Honestly, Dragon Ball is just a way stronger anime in general. Because there's just... Everything is... It has, has a nice happiness to it, even though some of the subjects are pretty fucking heavy. So it's like it manages to be the happiness of Scooby-Doo without being as lame as Scooby-Doo. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Like, so I, right. I never saw dragon ball or dragon ball Z growing up. Um, but I always heard of it as just this action show, right? Where the guys that's are safe. muscly and they charge up and shoot shit at each other. And it's all fight scenes. You know, that's what I always heard about it. So when I saw the first episode of dragon ball, I was really surprised by how funny it was, yeah, you know, for sure. um, and then, but you know, I didn't watch the rest of the series. I only saw that first episode. Um, but then, yeah, just like kind of recently, um, my fiance like uh, convinced me to start watching the show on DVD with her. Uh, and same kind of thing. i I was very surprised because now it's Dragon Ball Z. This is the one I actually did hear about being all fight scenes and stuff. Yeah. Um, but it also yeah is very like lighthearted and comedic and funny uh even with how much you know even though there's fight scenes that
1: last three episodes that's true that's true the f- it gets way worse later on trust me <laughs> but uh sure, sure. well not worse in that like it's bad but worse in that like the fight scenes will last you know 10 episodes as opposed yeah. to three but in dragon ball it wasn't like that in dragon ball every episode was an adventure um every every day was something new um and then maybe here and there there'd be the world martial arts tournament that they signed up and and fight in which you know in Z they start off in as well um but you get to see Goku as kind of a quote unquote adult as well as all the other Z fighters from the series before Z starts at the v- I want to say at the very end of Dragon Ball because It shows you in the very last couple episodes. Hey, I'm, I'm grown up now. Hey, I have a kid. Look, here's my son, Gohan. And like, he had just been off with, I don't want to spoil it too much, but he had just been off with Chi Chi for a while, living their life, doing their thing. And everyone's surprised. And it's like this big wholesome moment where you meet Gohan. I, I, I mean, you know who Gohan is because you've been watching those, but you see him as a kid, Goku being, you see him as a kid, you see where like his true, like, uh, what's, what's the word? Uh, Uh, lawful good (laughs) well he's not Mm -hmm. lawful good but like Goku is like basically the most like outwardly like wholesome happy go lucky character positive everything and you see what it takes from childhood all the way to his like years to his adult years what it takes for him to maintain the the, the fucking headspace of hey the world's gonna fucking die I need to be serious for a second so it's cool to Mm -hmm. see that evolution but yeah I love Dragon Ball Z growing up Dragon Ball is just so much better can't recommend it enough
0: alright alright so Blaster Master so you were talking a lot about the NES one and about the switch one and uh
1: my experience with boast is is pretty limited to only a couple hours of gameplay but i will say immediately zero holds my attention way more because it's just got all those years of game development knowledge put behind keeping my attention to it
0: excellent excellent yeah um well that sounds good
1: yeah so uh, i i got blaster master zero two as well and zero three just became uh no longer available to pre-order with limited run games, so I was pretty sad about missing that because now I kind of... My idea was play Zero, see if I like it enough to get zero three 3 after I already got Zero 2 because they were at the same time, I want to say. And mm-hmm. uh, it turns out like my love for the NES Blaster Master with the little time I spent with it was, was good enough to, for me to want to pay for Zero because I heard it was... Uh, well it, Not only because I heard it was, but because it is a loose remake, actually, of the NES game. So, like, it's not... Tit for tat, you know, the exact same thing, but essentially the story is the same from what I remember. Sorry for any Blastermaster fans who know more than I on that, but uh yeah. <laughs> it seems like the story is laid out to you in a way less serious way than the first game. But the first game didn't really lay anything out to you that much anyway, so everything you had was left up to your imagination. And all you have is this little anime tank, and then you could also be this little chibi anime dude who shoots things. So <laughs> you make up what you want. Yeah, it
0: sounds great. I I, I do got to play it. Uh, I recommend yeah, it. I'm I'm sure it's it sounds like it just has everything I like in one game.
1: <laughs> now I will say, uh, if you're going to follow the series, from what I hear, when they tried to make the transition to 3D or what was more like 2.5D um or was it 3D? I can't remember. I've heard the PS1 Blaster Master is not good. <laughs> like it did not survive that transition very well. But I've also heard a lot of people saying looking back it's not that bad either. So I'm going to give that a try if I ever find a copy of it. Hopefully it's not too expensive by that time. Um but yeah, so far I'm a Blaster Master fan, man. Uh the story is like it's, it's, it's there, and it's so light that you just don't need to pay attention to a second of it, which I am a huge fan of, personally. Because I love stories, yeah. but if it's, if it's, not a, it's not that it's not important. It's that I'm having too much fun not caring about it. You know what I mean? I like, yeah. I like a good story, but I like that story to enhance what I'm doing and the fun that I'm having. I like the, the, the separate bit being, is the game fun, is the most important part to me.
0: Yeah. Excellent. So yeah, that's well, my four-hour
1: sure. summary, <laughs> mm-hmm, four-hour mm-hmm. gameplay summary of blaster Master Zero so far.
0: Yeah, I guess we both kind of had first impressions, right? Because I've only I only played Nocturne for that you know five or six hours or so, and that's yeah. uh that. But yeah, sounds excellent.
1: I could talk about Sea of Thieves, but here's the thing, man. Sea of Thieves is like one of those games where. I don't even want to stream it because it's just one of those games where it's so low action in a, mm. a microscopic amount of time that it just is not going to hold people's attention, hold people's attention if you stream it. Because people are yeah. going to get there, people are going to see what you're doing, they're going to be looking at you for five seconds and go, oh, this guy is just sitting here like talking to an NPC to turn in some quest items, and then probably not even saying anything in those five seconds and then it's done so they leave so
0: yeah maybe i mean we so we've got you know 10 minutes uh maybe even that can be an interesting discussion instead of sea of thieves itself but rather like that sort of perception on on some games
1: just exist in a much slower timeline i think
0: yeah and you know i so I kind of struggle with that uh, perception a lot where, like, I feel like I always have to be playing a game that has stakes if I want to be streaming it, right? I Like, I need, I, I need the show to have, like, an excitement to it mm-hmm. that is only going to c- come through if there's stakes, you know? So that could be, like, speed running. I want to get the PB, right? Or you're playing a roguelike where there's permadeath, you know? Or you're doing, like, a challenge run of something, yes. you know? Stuff like that. Uh, you know, when you're so, and, and that's part of the reason that, uh, that, um, I'm talking about like playing Nocturne on hard and stuff, right. Yeah. It just makes it more exciting, but, but on the other hand though, uh, sometimes I, I have done streams of stuff like, you know, one day I was getting into final fantasy 14 and then it came around time to stream time. And I was like, well, I I just wanna play Final Fantasy 14 right now. It's like all I wanna play, you know. So, loaded that up and it turned out to just be a really uh uh high like uh, sorry to sound corporate about it, but like a high interaction stream because people were more it seemed like people were more willing to hang out and bring up conversational topics when I wasn't so focused talking about the game. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, if if I'm playing something that's really high action and I'm having to react to everything, most of what I'm saying is going to be, about the game what's happening what's my plan how am i feeling about this run and that kind of thing because there's only so
1: much stream of consciousness you actually have
0: yeah so it's really hard to talk about my favorite pizza toppings while i'm doing (laughs) that you know yeah but you're playing an mmo you're just doing some mining you know like nicole and i play we streamed our whole like playthrough of valheim basically the only things i didn't well basically we streamed a lot of
1: Valheim. Valheim's um, another one of them, actually.
0: And that that like to my surprise, that was like a, a just really it felt very successful and fun as a stream. Because, really, because people were willing to just kind of hang out and chat about random subjects a little bit more.
1: Maybe it's just. I'm sure it's highly dependent on the kind of streamer you are, because for me, Valheim was one of it's the same. It's one of the same. It's one of those things where. um You are doing something, but the thing that you're doing has multiple things that connect each other. That uh, uh, an audience member arriving just then and there will not be able to connect those dots. So, in my opinion, it is a slower paced thing that you like. The streamer has to not be there for the game for me because, like, they got to be there to talk. Because, and especially in those slower paced things, I can monologue. I can talk about things that are happening in my life or just what's going on in my day. What's my opinion about X. I can, I can do that while playing Valheim because it's such a relaxed game. Sea of thieves is kind of like that. Um, but it holds your attention for what you're doing just enough because they and to, to, to draw back on your point earlier, It does have a sense of permanence or or impermanence. So there are stakes involved in Sea of Thieves. Um, It's just that the stakes are a little bit to build up to. So for instance, the way you build uh, risk in Sea of Thieves is by doing a bunch of quests. Say like I go to the Gold Hoarders uh, Emissary, I fly that flag. So immediately if I do Gold Hoarders quests, I am going to get more gold per 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 uh, bit of loot found and sold than i would normally i'm going to get more gold and renowned for doing quests from them but other factions can see that i'm flying that flag and if they destroy my ship not only do they get all my treasure but they can take my flag and return that to their emissary and they can they can get more points that way so there's risk involved But with Sea Thieves, it takes time to build that risk because you can just start off in any town whatsoever, have a fresh ship, whatever. Your ship's always going to be there when you spawn um, if your ship is new. And then, you know, you do whatever you want. You get a quest. You go sailing. If you don't get any treasure, you die. Eh, Whatever. If you just want to go fuck around with other players and fuck them up just to take their treasure, you can. You don't have anything to lose at that point. So in the beginning of whatever you're doing, it's like, eh, we're just fucking around. And that lasts for like 30 minutes before you really start to build some treasure up or you really start to do quests together. So it's like... Uh, the, it, it can get to that riskiness and there can be great content made like dude one of the best videos I've, I've seen of sea of thieves is this one video i think it was like on tiktok or something where a guy was just like talking to the shipmate and he screams captain and he's like "What?" And he's like look and then he looks to his right and there's just a gigantic uh uh, uh a fucking uh not brigandine but the bigger ship the biggest ship in the game, just sailing at them at full ramming speed. And then like (laughs) they're screaming, oh shit, no, fuck dude, please don't, please don't kill us because we got so much shit in our boat. Like they was like, dude, we have so much shit, please, you can have some of it. Let's just go sell it. Let's just turn it in because otherwise they're going to get fucked up. Their boat's going to sink. They're going to lose that treasure and the opponent's going to take it all. So like there's just this epic battle that plays out, but hey, that wouldn't have happened if you didn't spend like an hour doing other shit in the game that like statistically you go to a a CFE streamer, you're going to get there and it's just going to be like, well, this is boring, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but they're talking to their crew. That's another element to this game. You don't play this game by yourself. You can, but you'll be severely at a disadvantage against other players who have a full crew and a bigger boat. Um, Yeah. Mainly because the biggest boat is the only boat in the game who is Uh, who has three different levels of decks, so you can take a bunch of damage on your hull, and as long as that part of the hull is not under the water line, they're not going to start taking on water. So they have a lot more advantage over smaller players immediately, but it's one of those things where it's like, what do I do? I could just go fucking fishing for a while, and man, don't get me started on the fishing, because I love the fish. This game has better fishing in it than some fucking fishing games I've played. It's insane, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's anyway. You can go do that for a little while. You can fucking uh, go hunt for treasure. You can go mercenary hunting for for rogue pirates, uh, or you can go PvPing, which is a thing. So like, if you join the faction called the Reapers Bones, what happens is you're joining a faction who is literally just dedicated to destroying other players. It's a PVP kind of faction. So what happens is you join that and your ship gets marked for every other player on the map as, Hey, this is a reapers vessel. So if you go near this, they will probably try to kill you. So maybe you can get together and kill them because they're going to try and kill you. Otherwise, they wouldn't be flying that flag. And then they'd just be invisible on the map. So the whole thing is people who f- play the Reaper's Bones either have no idea what they're doing because they're just starting or they know way too much about the, what the fuck they're doing and they can wreck your shit. So with the Reaper, one, one, the Reaper's Bones, once you get enough renown with them, you get the ability to then see all the other players on the, on your map. So not only can they see you, but now you can just go and hunt people and wreck their day. So it's like one of those games where you can be doing absolutely nothing, chilling, having a good time, or just being in the most high-action things that would be great as a streamer to show people because, hey, look at all this shit going on. It's stuff to pay attention to, and now it's insane. There's a lot of stakes involved because I got a lot of treasure, or I sunk these these two ships over here, and now I have all their treasure um let me get back to port so i can sell this shit oh fuck a newbie player just spawned in the uh this outpost where i'm at and now they're just shooting me with a shotgun while my teammates are trying to tre- take all this treasure and sell it now they're trying to take the treasure from my teammates and sell it and get their own gold it's there's so much that can go on but there's just nothing happening for a lot of time so yeah. you know, it's it's but yeah you will I,
0: I get what you mean, though. Where where it's like it's like the, those things are only so exciting because of all the build up. Yes. Know? If it didn't take an hour to get an item, then you don't care if it gets stolen from you as much. Yeah,
1: yeah exactly. Like there's, uh, you know, you go in. Um you, you you walk like in, in the game. Like, you can sail to certain places, and just some places they'll just be shit, like floating debris, and sometimes they'll be treasure in it. So like you can just go, oh, I'm gonna stop there. Took five minutes into my voyage, and I already I already got like thousands of gold of stuff. But you took five minutes in getting that, and. Now there's someone who wants to take it from you. So you never know. It could be a coin toss on whether or not you're playing a game that all night is frustratingly long build-up to you losing every fucking thing and them also spawn killing you. And that's that's the stream. <laughs> that's the whole stream. You're just pissed off the whole night. And goddammit, man, There's there's just so much I could talk about this game. Maybe I'll go into it a little bit later, but like... The water in it is like the number one thing that attracted me to the game. The
0: water. Yeah. The water looks really incredible.
1: That is a thing to appreciate about video games. If a game has good water, and I I don't even mean, it it, it doesn't need to be realistic, gigantic, beautiful ocean moving waves like Sea of Thieves has. It could be something like the waterfall in Sonic the Hedgehog over a coaxial uh, fucking RF uh, video line looking correct. It could be that. Mm-hmm. Good water in a in a game. <sighs> gives me a little bit of a g- gives me a little bit of the tingles.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I love good looking water. You ever see that game uh, what is it called? Is it called Snow Runner? It's like a kind of recent uh trucking game. Yeah,
1: so I think that is the um Adaptation slash sequel slash DLC to Mud Runners, which Mud Runners um, mm, it came from okay. a it was a remastered kind of version of a game I have called Sn- um. Fuck, it's. How is that how am I forgetting this? Spin tires, not snow tires. Spin tires. So the game is called spin tires. Um, yeah, it's this really cool, super realistic environment looking thing with realistic uh, uh, ground tessellation where every little bit of mud will have its own bit of geometry and your wheels deform that 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 landscape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. Love I know exactly what you're talking about. It doesn't have the best looking water, but the environment interaction is just second to none. Okay, Love it. I,
0: I I must be getting it mixed up with another game. Then I saw some game where you where you uh, control like big heavy machinery, yeah. and it had like water physics that looked really really good. I, but- okay, so yeah. I
1: haven't seen Mud Runners, so it very well very well may have that stuff. Um, because that's what you do in in, in Spin Tires is you have you control different you control like a little UAZ a uh, uh, little SUV. With a four-speed and 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 locking diffs, or you can drive a gigantic Tatra six by six, pulling a pulling a big rig trailer through all this crazy Russian muddy river terrain. And yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's it's really realistic in how it moves around and how you have to winch up to trees if you get stuck. Lock your uh, lock your differential or unlock your differential. There's a lot of actual real four by four physics that goes into that game. I love it a whole lot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But you, yeah, good.
0: Good water is good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Good water is good.
0: I like the water in Valheim a lot, too. Not quite as good as Sea of Thieves, but it it looks good.
1: Yeah, man. And actually, if I could just talk about that for one second. So I loved Valheim because it took so much to build any kind of seafaring vessel. Like, yeah, it felt like it took a long time to gather the resources to build a boat. And then once you built that boat, you wanted to build a harbor because you needed to know enemies weren't going to come to it and start attacking it while you went to bed at night. There was oh, and when you go into the water, if you're just on a raft. Those waves fuck you up, and then you just die. Uh, If you're in, uh, well, actually, parallel drawn, there is a rowboat that you can find along islands that you can attach to your main vessel in Sea of Thieves that you can use to carry a lot of treasure in. If you have a lot, you can just bring it to your boat that way. The rowboat's the same way as 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 the Valheim raft. You go into deep water, you can survive for a bit. But it takes its toll and you can start seeing the damage on the boat. And eventually the life raft just sinks. Um yeah. same as the raft in, in Valheim. Then with Valheim, you'd have you you'd make your first boat. Took forever to get yourself there. You needed to get special tools to make the shit that you need to make the shit to make a boat. Mm-hmm. So you get that and and, and, and man, you, you repair that thing like it's your lifeline because it is. You need you need a workbench nearby, you need to be able to repair it else it just goes away it, it fucking dies and, and and when it gets destroyed by anything other than your own hand not all the resources make it back so you have to gather that shit again
0: yeah and it, it just felt really cool the way that it's like you you spend so much time building your base in that game yes. and then so the first time that you go out sailing it's an like, event
1: Yes. yeah yeah
0: You're finally, like, away, right? And then, so the first time I went out, it was on a raft just to get across to some land that I saw. and and, But it was, like, these huge crashing waves, and it was stormy, and the raft got all fucked up, you know? To the point where it was like, we got to the new place, and it was almost like, we're just stuck here now. Because (laughs) I don't think that raft... I, like the raft broke or something. It was a real know? pilgrimage,
1: man. You had to um, go fuck. I gotta chop down trees because I gotta build a fire. I gotta live and eat tonight, dude. Right?
0: Exactly. Like yeah, we exactly. Yeah, we have to set up camp here now and Love protect that. from yes. these fucking leeches because we're in the swamp now. You know <laughs>
1: the fucking leeches. Yeah, that's what
0: it was. That's what it was. We we you know it was our first voyage to like oh that looks like a new place over there. I've never seen this this place before, and we get there and it's. The swamp and these Mm -hmm. all these leeches come and bite the shit out of the raft. Immediately, fuck the (laughs) boat up,
1: man! It's fucked. Like one leech chased us for miles and wrecked our shit, and we lost everything. Because you lose not only your boat, man, but you lose. If you die, you lose everything in your inventory, which Mm -hmm. also like collectively took hours to build up. This sounds really dissuading and to not play Valheim, but man. You don't need me to tell you not to play Valheim. You play that for five minutes and you're hooked. It's, it's a good game. But yeah, yeah I mean, Sea of Thieves, man, it doesn't have that. It doesn't have that sense of permanence. What happens when I play Sea of Thieves and I get a whole bunch of treasure and I go, Fuck, someone's attacking us. Uh if we don't have a full crew of me steering the ship, a guy on cannons running back to the to the cannonball barrel to get more cannonballs to load into the cannons, and then a guy below deck repairing with wooden planks the holes in the ships that are being blown from other cannons. If you don't have that, you have to f- multitask. Um you have to do a whole bunch of shit at once. But if you lose that treasure, what happens is you go fuck They killed us. They're probably going to take that treasure. And, well, this big old boat's going to spawn at this outpost now. And I guess I'll just try that shit again. Which, you Mm -hmm. know, is very fun in doing it over and over and seeing how much you can get at once, what you can do. Fishing, uh, fucking hunting NPCs, world quests. It's very fun, but it's very different from Valheim in that doing what you're doing at the moment just has not quite the same feeling of measuring exactly every situation you're in, where you're on in the sea to go, okay, am I about to get in a fight? Should I get into a fight? Should I engage? What kind of ship is that? What's their armament? What's their crew? It could just be one guy on a really big ship who can't man that ship. You have to make that calculation. He has to put all three of his sails down and all three masts to get a real sharp turn without dropping his anchor right away. And if he drops his anchor in combat, he's a sitting duck, quite literally. So Mm -hmm. you have to figure, okay, how many people are on deck? So I'm going to pull out my my spyglass, my looking glass. So now I'm looking at them from a zoomed lens, seeing how many people they are. But now what happens is I'm looking at them through that lens. That highlights that I'm doing that to them by showing a big fucking shiny glimmer in in their peripheral. Just like like you're a
0: real-ass pirate like scoping out a weak (laughs) target
1: yeah for sure like you definitely do a lot like it's 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 more involved in pirating than any pirate game i don't think i've ever actually played another pirate game but it's way more involved in pirating than any game that i've ever had that involved pirates in some tangential way Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's it's everything's built for it man and it's great it's like even even when you're just fucking pissed off with your ship lost in a rowboat with your with your buddy just carrying all the treasure you could you could salvage from the shipwreck and hoping without a map you can use your compass and navigate to the nearest outpost to sell what you have or maybe you're just going to sink and die or a kraken's going to kill you you can pull out a musical instrument and start playing one of like 12 songs right away Mm -hmm. and not only that you and your Up to four other people in this tiny other rowboat have access to other instruments. You can access a drum, a hurdy-gurdy, a banjo, uh, a fucking uh, accordion. Everyone can play something different. And And whatever person started the music first, that's the song that is universally locked onto. So everyone who else starts playing their music... Just goes along to that song. So they add to the song. So it's just like this stupid, funny situation where you can just be pissed off and all of a sudden, eh, just someone starts playing Drunken Sailor while you're, mm-hmm. you know, literally drunk and you can pull out your fucking uh, tankard and just literally get drunk off the beer you have in. And it's, it's a great time. You start playing your music poorly rare thought this game through a lot man there's there's a lot of people who complain about a lack of content in it uh and i can see that because for a long time it didn't have the brand new pirates of the caribbean content that just got added um so all you kind of felt like you were doing is hunting skeletons hunting treasure fucking up other players rinse and repeat i can see that um
0: yeah that was the biggest thing i heard is that like skeletons were like the only enemy
1: which makes me happy because like this is like the best time to get into sea of thieves right now where all the stuff that was made before content wise is still there uh and now there's a lot more to do uh story wise if you're even if you're not a pirates of the caribbean fan man it's like you can you can enjoy the characters for what they are in this like they're it's straight up captain jack sparrow all the characters are in it and they they shoehorn the two universes together and it's it's just it's really cool seeing that you can be a part of that
0: Have I talked about Return of the Obra Dinn yet?
1: No, but I've been interested in that game. Have you played it?
0: I have. Maybe I can talk about it next time.
1: Ooh, I'd love that.
0: My my five-second review of it, though, is that it's one of those games, though, where the less you know about it, the better, and you should definitely play it.
1: That is the best five-second review of a game I've not played ever nearly at the end of a podcast where I don't know if anyone's going to even hear it most of the time. <laughs> but, no, I, I, I saw Limited Run Games because uh, I, I stalked that website. Um, I saw them release that physically for the Switch, and I looked at gameplay footage of the game, and it looks like it's this very one kind of like monocolored, really yeah. cool action horror kind of thing. Um, not action horror, but like a horror... It's like
0: mystery horror.
1: Mystery horror. Yeah, and it's not it's not like a uh like a visual novel game is it? I think you do actually no. do a little bit more in it.
0: Yeah. You you have a thing that you do in it and it's really great. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's it's that along with um this game that of course I can't remember the name of. I think you might know it though. Uh, there's a game that's like uh, Junji Ito's uh, style of old horror manga mixed with PC ninety eight graphics, where they have like the you know the two D visual novel style. Um, I can't remember what it was called off the top of my head, but mm-hmm. damn it, I'm gonna remember it next time I'm gonna we'll talk about it. But that and and Din, the art styles alone were just like enough to make me go, "What is this? I need to see what yeah. this is. Go- what's going on here?"
0: Yeah, I brought it up because it's like a boat thing. It's not yeah. a pirate thing, but it is a boat thing. It's nautical. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll t- yeah, I'll talk about it uh, another time.
1: I, yeah, I'd be interested in hearing that. Um, I don't think I have anything else to talk about. Blaster Master Zero for now. I am going to keep playing that though because that game exceeded expectations, and I think I need to finish it.
0: Awesome, good to hear. Yeah. Well, um,
1: is that uh, is that all from you as well?
0: i think that's all nocturne also exceeding expectations and i will play more of it
1: shin tensei doesn't seem like a bad bet no matter what Mm -hmm. yeah all right guys well appreciate y'all hanging out in the live stream appreciate y'all downloading everyone listening in their car right now you guys rule um yeah i'm dash retro this is invictus Knox. you can find us both on twitch and uh if you want twitter as well my yep, name is yep. dash retro ttv on twitch right T- Or twitter uh,
0: huh No, uh, just dash retro tv
1: on twitter right
0: yeah yeah you, you don't know. even have to talk about my twitter it doesn't matter
1: dude you gotta explode on twitter it's the thing all the kids are doing <laughs> now man it's 2009 this is how we're gonna get big we're gonna tweet stuff
0: i'm dash people can find me
1: and I'm Knox. You can find me on Twitch, YouTube, Instagram. Oh, fuck Instagram. Don't don't find don't find me on Instagram. Don't follow me there. Just follow me everywhere else. Thanks for watching, guys. Tonight this has been great. Love doing off the hip stuff. Actually, I like doing unplanned because it gets us in the weeds.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of tangents this time.
1: Yeah, man. Well, I'll see y'all in the next episode. Bye, guys.
0: See ya.